<laughs> do you see? Okay, do you see? It's time back to uh, this time of the year. Did you see the videos, the comparisons, compilation videos did of Black Friday, Canada mm. compared to the U.S. No, it is absolutely incredible. Tell me I, about I, it. I mean, basically, you have it, it's compilation videos you can find right now on Twitter and YouTube of Black Friday in the U.S. People boxing. Sure. People losing their collective shit over a big screen TV. First of all, I don't know why people... Do people break their fucking TVs every year? How do they have to buy TVs every year and lose well, their shit that over is, that is a crazy... Con- That's a conspiracy. Yeah, right? Everyone must have a TV that lasts it eight, is a eight months. Well, it's not a conspiracy anymore. The smart technology and the big tech firms are designing their stuff to crap out a lot sooner because... Uh, maybe just each oh, year you have a different iteration from 1080p to 4K. Is that what people are doing? There's because not just that. Dryers and washers that were built... <laughs> in the 2010s crap out in three to four year time frames and people don't care about warranties all too much mm. and they go out and they just it's easier for people to just buy stuff again well it's far more expensive to repair things these days like it's far that more too. expensive to take oh. your computer and get your computer repaired oh i know that uh, than it is to just buy a new one half got a the laptop time. sitting yeah. up there with a busted uh, the power and plug that, that costs 100 150 bucks to get that thing yeah from you might as well get a yeah. new one with a so better you might as well buy a new one yeah you buy a new one for 400 probably that's how they get you but yeah but the videos that are compilation videos right now on YouTube are showing people in the US during Black Friday men women of all ages old ladies literally fighting over a big screen over a microwave over a goddamn crock pot and then they show and there there might be bullshit maybe there are Canadians who are boxing each other over a fucking crock pot I'm sure there are but the the number of videos that they are able to show maybe whatever whatever it is you people do (laughs) But like, like the videos of the Canadians, and there's so many. So I have to put some validity to it. I have to believe it. Just all these videos of Canadians just sort of letting each other through the door, shaking hands, just hugging, being camaraderous. Is that yeah, a word? Camaraderous. It is now. Camaraderous. It yeah. is. Now. Like it's what we do on Meandering. We create yeah. words. Absolutely. Let's say it's the word camaraderous. Yeah. I mean, just. I like it. Just compared to the, to Americans, the culture here, there is validity to those videos. The culture here in the U.S., our acceptance of violent consumerism. Mm-hmm. It's, Th- that's, it's kind of ridiculously high. Yeah, people are insane. okay with it. Yeah. Why are we okay with it? Is it competition? Um, you know, population-wise, I mean, Canada's not nearly as populated as the U.S., right? Why should, why should um, population be a factor in well, as you add more people don't you think that competition goes into that uh you know you start going to a store thinking i'm gonna get a good deal on a tv and the next thing you know there's 50 people lined up for that same tv they only have 10 of well consumerism is right uh, especially on black friday is competitively driven i mean just the idea of of and hey look what i got the idea well the stores compete with each other or right? let me buy these xboxes that are going to be sold out and then throw it on ebay it's all trickle down it, it, it's all uh, an umbrella effect because the companies higher up are competing with each other for the attention and they do it on a cutthroat level, and so it just bleeds into the consumer's mentality of it all, and they're just reenacting what's happening on every level going up. What was was it this bad back in the eighties or seventies? Yeah, I don't remember Black Friday being a huge shopping day. But do you uh, remember as I, bad as because it is now? I, I watched a video on YouTube uh, because I'm always con- I'm always I'm obsessed with the '80s. I have an '80s fetish, mm-hmm. and I, I watched videos about consumerism in the '80s, and it was the excess of excess. What it was known for. 
So I, one of the things I saw in there was during Christmas, there was a Cabbage Patch doll craze. You remember yeah. that shit? Okay. Yeah, every year there was generally a toy. That remember there was, in the not... 90s, it was Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. Okay, every yep. year there's one. And Star they... Wars stuff in the early 80s. Yeah. So I watched a video of these people in the UK fighting over Cabbage Patch dolls. Okay, so it was a little violent, nothing like now. And I thought to myself, the further back you go, the less douchey people were with violent consumerism. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. But no, there's there's merit to that. It comes down to tolerance, time, and well, manipulation of that psychology. Because people, I, I feel like even with the Cabbage Patch stuff, and especially in the sixties and seventies and, and eighties for that matter, pop culture was organic in, in a sense. It, it was created organically. Uh, huh. The the crazes and the waves and the style for that matter. I don't feel, then again, maybe I'm speaking from hindsight bias here. I don't feel like there was this overbearing control aspect to all of that saying, oh, you guys are going to like this at this time of the year and we're going to push it out to where you can avoid it. I think we're more oh, manipulated know, nowadays, but I mean, it's been there. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was a freaking uh, Montgomery, Ward. Montgomery Ward yeah. in the yeah. 30s. Invention. Uh, when you think of Rudolph, we think of something that some guy wrote with his family back in the 1800s. It was a freaking Montgomery Ward invention to sell shit. And we don't know in that. The, during the Depression. During the Depression of all time. So yeah. I think I think that there has been a corporate aspect of consumerism that has influenced us. It wasn't I just figured it's, out. It's, it's not, not as, not figured as well out. figured out and well fleshed out. In, because the Edward Bernays stuff was 1880s, 1890s. Or what is that? Edward Bernays propaganda. Basically the oh, godfather yeah. of propaganda and all that. And indoctrinated people, yeah. Americans into having eggs and, and uh, bacon for breakfast. Yeah. He was a big proponent. Can, can you imagine what he was bought out. about the internet? Because, like... Well, keep in do. mind, newspapers were making room for holiday ads in the 1840s. Not the 1920s, not the 1930s. In the 1840s, I'm this trying stuff to picture was already that. going. Holy shit. Yeah, but but what are we talking about? We're talking about clothing, Christmas trees, decorations. Whatever like toys that. they had back then yeah, or we're whatever. Not, yeah, we're not talking about but it on a micro-analytical, still... hyper-capitalistic point of view. It, it's, it's in the early stages to where... If there is any sort of element of, uh, of force-feeding stuff, it's more to figure out what people want in the first place. Uh, it, it's not... Now it's more, It's a much more controlled environment. It, it feels like... It, it just doesn't feel like there's any, any individuality with, with all of this. And it's symbolized when you take a look at these Black Friday videos. You, it, people look like swarms of... Of insects. Yeah, man. They look like... There's... Yeah. Can you imagine people like Morgan and Victorian dresses beating the shit out of each there other? There wasn't oh any... My goddamn I, I can't say that there was any of that happening. If there was any fervor in the 19th century, it wasn't with consumers. Well, and you might have also had an opposite thing, right? You might not have wanted that type of attention about your store. You might not have wanted to say, hey, there was a fight at my yeah. store. You now, know? it's and, extra publicity. And so you would... Maybe a lot of that stuff got shoved under a rug and never got reported because you just thought that's bad press, don't want it. Here in today's society, everybody has a camera, so every little incident gets World reported. World Star. Yeah. 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 Everybody's free promotion as well. Everybody with a cell phone and a social media account is just, that's an ad waiting to happen that companies are just tapping into. It, it's it's crazy uh, out there. And the history of Black Friday to me is, is interesting. I don't know where the term Black Friday came from. The ink. 
when there, the sales teams would actually, the, supposedly what I heard was the term Black Friday came from uh, the sales team in the stores. Uh. Whenever they were like counting the sales, work, but they get ink all over their hands. Mm. So that's where the term Black Friday originally gotcha. came from. Well, yeah. That's, that's interesting. It's, but it sounds more morbid, doesn't it? Black yeah, Friday. it does. It sounds like, it sounds like a terror, like that what uh, kind of Black is, Sunday right? from the 70s. Oh, yes. Yeah. Why didn't they make a horror movie? It was Black Christmas. Why didn't they make a horror movie Black, Black Friday? Friday? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you We're going to write that movie. No, we can't now because the AI is already writing it for us oh, because shit. it just hurt us. <laughs> That was idea. Man, we just give well, too much to the algorithm. Yeah. Too much. Too much data. But, uh, yeah, the uh, I didn't participate in this Black Friday. It Have was, you? It was the, oh, yeah. I, I've been a heavy, well, I'm a Blu-ray collector, movie That's collector. Why, Some yeah. of the best deals for movies come out on Black Friday. And this was the first, I want to say, in like 15 years that I didn't partake because I was out of town. And that just taught me a heck of a lot. I was in an isolated remote location, completely removed from society on Black Friday. Wow. And men- mentally, I wanted to participate. I was 45 minutes away from a town with a Best Buy, and I was t- <laughs> I was telling everyone around me, like, I'm just going to go out there, and I'm going to make uh. the hour and a half drive just to get these $6 wow. 4K deals. But at the end of the day, I controlled my... Urge. My urge to go, and I said no, and I ended up, I think, spending some time playing board games with Did family. you feel better about yourself after that? Absolutely. And you know what's <laughs> even more What's even more important? I don't remember the movies I wanted to buy. It was some bullshit. And that's, that's the part of, because I'm a consumer at the end of the day, uh, at least when it comes to that sort of stuff and, and physical media, I'm hooked on it uh, for multiple reasons because I think that physical media is important to hold on to, especially in a streaming age, especially in a heavily censored age. Look, we talked about Simone uh, earlier today. Yeah. Uh, a movie that I had completely forgotten about. The reason why is because there's no Blu ray release for it. And it's not streaming on any sites, not to my knowledge, because. I am on streaming sites on a daily basis almost, and that movie was out of sight, out of mind to me up until you mentioned it tonight. Yeah. And I fear that I was knee-deep in that that pop culture wave of the 90s and 2000s. I was buying DVDs, VHS tapes, all that stuff. But there's a large consensus that will not have any insight on any of the movies that we grew up with because they're growing up in a streaming age where even that is sort of controlled media to a certain degree and what you have access to on these streaming platforms is all that people may be privy to knowing existed at some point unless physical media has a role in folks lives there's no blockbusters anymore there's probably not, there's may not be best buys in 10 years there's no Toys R Us no anymore. No Toys R Us anymore. So it's Amazon or bust. What you see on Amazon is what exists as far as uh, online consumers are concerned. There's not a lot of variety online. Now, there are the little niche places. I know uh, your your significant other is a big proponent of makeup online because yeah. I follow her on social media. She buys her makeup off the independent outlets and stuff like that because... Makeup is in the midst of a resurgence and a, a very strong wave of of uh, accessibility to the online community because it's just like this untapped goldmine, apparently, that has just been waiting to take off. And I guess social media influence, influencers have a lot to do with that as well. But media and entertainment, uh, it feels a lot like 1984 meets Fahrenheit um, 
451. And 911. Oh, good lord. A little bit. That took a dark turn (laughs) there. Michael Moore saying, buy DVDs, buy Blu-rays. No. um, Save the planet. I do feel like we're we're going to a more heavily censored place. So I put a lot of impetus in my physical media because I think it's it's history. In, in, do you do in you way. think that the elimination or the downgrading of physical media is part of the oligarchy's conspiracy? Because yes. if 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 the consumers have to depend on us, those who are in control of the streaming service, we then control what they enjoy. Therefore, sure. we control what they think and influence. Yeah. And influence. You can't you can't tell me. One way or another, because I know that it it, it works on me. I, I've been influenced by some movies. I talk about the Absolutely. Matrix a heck of a lot. I talk about the the philosophy and the ideas that some movies had before their time and, and as time passes. It's impossible not to. So now when I see people from the last decade just being MCU addicts, and, you know, yeah, I, I don't put it past the kids growing up today carrying on the thought that these superheroes in this MCU decade that we just got out of was in 150 years that these are the gods that we talk about and canonize that roll into four, five, six hundred years discussions. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really weird and scary to think about, but this is, we may be at, this is super conspiracy, but we may be at the start of like a new god complex of, of, just polytheistic worship where comic characters are the the core of the evolution of of what theology becomes in four five six hundred years and in a time so far in the future that we can't even grasp what's what's being contemplated people are looking back saying Oh, people! People prayed to Iron Man, and uh, people thought that uh, <laughs> thought that Thanos. Would, it sounds silly to contemplate, but hey, if I told you four years ago Donald Trump was going to be president of the United States, yeah. you laughed and spat in my face. Well, maybe not spat because he was a cool. He's an interesting case. I don't want to jump all over the place, but he's interesting. I watched The Apprentice, and Donald Trump didn't come think- off as a racist. He didn't come off as a he came off as a, a jackass and, yeah. and uh, a little egotistical, but he didn't come off as all of the terrible things that we found out he probably is uh, through his presidency. No, of course, he wouldn't have been able to have that show. It's yeah. kind of like Dog the Bounty Hunter. And <laughs> the Apprentice was on. The Apprentice was on NBC, mind you, and yeah. he was an NBC. Yeah, which he, which he now hates. Yeah, yeah. which he, he says, was a favorite. Polarity at its finest. There, I mean, you're yeah. So, anyways, uh, in 500 years, we'll be kids will be praying to. I think, I, I think that in in, in 60 years, you look. Do you know how right now in 2019 we look back uh, at certain aspects of our society, like pre segregation, mm-hmm. when or um, during segregation? Like if I'm with my nephew, not even somebody that young. If us three are getting on YouTube right now and we're watching black and white videos, the way blacks were treated, sprayed with hose, attacked by dogs. Because they simply wanted equal rights. It's another we, planet. We it, it's another it planet. We, way, we yeah. look at that and like, holy shit, that yeah. happened. Wait a minute, in our country, you could own a guy. That's insane. Sixty years from now, there's going to be aspects of our society right now we're living in that our grandkids and great kids will be like, oh my god, I can't believe they were like that. Mm-hmm. They're one of the things that we're going to be lo- that they're going to be looking at back in disgust is our obsession with consumerism. They're going to watch these videos so. of yeah. Oprah whenever Oprah's like, you get a car, the you t- get a car, and the women are crying. 
and they're hugging and they're falling over a fucking van. <laughs> they're going to look at that and be like, oh my God, do you see the way people were over items? The Honda Odyssey. Yeah, very look materialistic. At them, look at them yeah. crying and hugging over a fucking Honda Odyssey. Look at these people boxing over a flat screen TV. They were cattle. Mm-hmm. The people in the year 2019 were cattle for the rich oligarchy that's in place, and they were their their existence was to consume. Yes, that's what they're going to say 60 years from now. I mean, and I and I took like my mom. Uh, who's, How can you defend capital? How can anyone defend capitalism after hearing something like that? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, it's it's it's. There was David Serrata. Just because we, we have enough, just because we have jobs that grant us enough money to make it from paycheck to paycheck and buy more things and buy oh, more shit. things and buy more things and save up for a home if you're uh, fortunate enough to be smart enough to not buy more things and buy more things and you make a, enough to save a little bit, a portion, eventually you get a piece of the pie. But that's what a system seems as if it's it's intended to siphon energy for traded in for control manipulation slavery almost it is i mean it's i I never i hate using that word because i never want to trivialize what slavery actually was and still is in some parts of the world but at the same time it it is it is a mental type of slavery that we allow ourselves to be subjective to because of this consumer culture that a we live in. A variety of reasons. I'm, I'm absolutely guilty of it. I'm trying to Same fight it here. off. Because I get on Amazon and I buy, and I hate Jeff Bezos, but I'll get on Amazon <laughs> or eBay and I'll buy a bunch of shit yep. that's going to make my study look nice. It's going to make my house and my backyard look nice. Mm-hmm. I could build that shit myself. And yeah. I've, I've done it to an extent. I was so proud the other day because I literally built or put together a fucking uh, picture frame. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I just mean, just shit like that, or or um, or like Maggie's dad built me a picture frame. I'm like ah, it's one less thing I, I I'm I mean, not gonna buy Seth off Amazon. Seth Rogen just just tweeted the first time in three years that he made a vase, and that was it. And he showed the world a picture of his vase. So yeah, for him. there's a sense of pride that's there's involved a, in there, that. There's a sense of there's always been a sense of pride in being able to build shit. And that's for where ourselves. consumerism plays into that psychology this, as well. This, there's this, a sense of pride in having the most stuff because yeah. from a tribal aspect. Way back in the Neanderthal days, in the Neolithic age, the person with the most stuff was typically the most powerful person. Exactly. So if you had the most weapons, uh, if you had the most food, you were doing something right. But the weird, gross flip of all that uh, in the last 200, 300 years has been this, the money aspect. Uh, yeah, I'll just cut to the chase. The, the money aspect of it. It's a it's a slippery slope because I can I, I this was a poetic quote I don't like to toot my own horn all too often right Oh my gosh <laughs> But while we were are you laughing at Netflix or me sweetheart Okay, okay. Uh, on the, I, I just, 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 can we just clarify what just happened You said I don't like to toot my own horn and the room was once again filled with ill conceived laughter But let's go for it All right But. For me, it's it's more of a confidence thing. I know you might want to scoff and laugh at that. I think it is confidence over I'm ego. I'm glad you have sc- confidence. It gives me something to shoot at. Okay. Uh, so while we were bowling, we were talking about millionaires. And I said something like, the thing about a millionaire is I know... He, he lets me know how happy he is. He lets me know who he is and, and how good of a time he's having. He has no idea what it's like to be me. We don't know how empty the 
we don't know how polarity works with millionaires. We don't know what it feels like if you've got all the money in the world. Are you really removed from everything else? Do you really have no gauge for the human condition if if you have everything that removes you from it? There are inevitably filthy rich people who are in a sad bubble. I've 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 yeah. met tycoons and and I've met millionaires. I've talked to millionaires. We've had a certain owner of Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, visit our site, and mm-hmm. that's incredibly flattering. And some of his underlings, I'm talking about Warren Buffett, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, so, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've met tycoons, I've talked to tycoons, I've talked to millionaires. Mm-hmm. It's all subjective because you will meet sad millionaires who will tell you, and it's not it's not a cliche, it's not cheesy bullshit. You will literally meet sad millionaires yes. who, have, who are lonely. And I have met tons and tons of poor people who joke about living paycheck to paycheck and are happy as shit. Yeah. yeah. Because they're married to the person they want to be married to. They have a great relationship with their kids. So it, it isn't just cliche sentimental bullshit to say that there are sad millionaires and money doesn't buy everything. Money doesn't buy everything. Right. I th- But I I think I would be happier with money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Things would seem a lot easier, well, right? Yeah. That may be or because... Or do problems expand because you do... Mo' money, money, mo' problems. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the old rap cliche, so... It's, it's valid. It, it, it is absolutely valid. It is valid. Uh, I, I think there, just like everything else, there is that, that perfect line that one can walk to where they have a strong enough gauge for what it takes to be responsible with a lot of money and also still retain... The human, emotional, who you were before the money, uh, and and that bleeds over into that. I don't know that we've, I don't know that celebrity does a good enough job of showing us what it's like to be responsible with money, uh, responsible with influence, responsible with power. I don't know that politics does that either. There's, there's this weird place that I, I feel the entire world is going to in in short time where a responsibility and and an exertion of of influence in a positive way and in a in a sort of the polar opposite of a hitler and a polar opposite of air all the terrible shit we've seen people take their influence and in, in their uh, <laughs> maybe so like but there's a perfect example. I mean, that guy's had a, a rough life uh, and some some serious like emotional trauma in his life. And at the same time, uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't speak with him on a regular basis. And everything I've heard, look, you have it's again. It's, what you're saying is true, but it's subjective. I mean, you have people yeah. like, that started small, like Jeff Bezos, and the people who have known him and have come out and said the guy's an egomaniacal creep. He's nuts now that he's a billionaire. He's he's completely ego, egomaniacal. And then you have people like, you know, Keanu Reeves, for example. Yeah. I believe all the stories I've heard about him so far. The guy, it came out. He didn't have to, he didn't let anyone know this. It came out, and years later, he'd been donating to children's hospitals for years, and no one knew about it. Mm-hmm. Someone had outed that truth about him. That yeah. says so much about who he is. You know, most celebrities will do that. You know what? I'm not going to shit on the celebrities who do it and let people know because you're still doing good. Right. But it says something about a guy like Keanu Reeves or Carrie Ann Moss. Who doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. And he, Carrie Ann Moss did it too. Isn't that I, weird? The two people involved in the Matrix trilogy are, are like, so benevolent yeah. in real life. Well, she had done something else that didn't. And it came out that she'd been doing it for years and kept it secret. But Keanu Reeves has been donating millions and millions and millions to children's hospitals and orphanages. And it, one of his staff or somebody came out and said, yeah. He didn't want anybody to know, but he's been doing it for years. So you have these people who are millionaires who are genuinely benevolent figures. 
But you also have these people who are much wealthier and are pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. So it's all subjective. Not everyone is going to be a Keanu Reeves. You're going to have a lot of Koch brothers out there. You're going to have a lot of fucking, uh, what we just said, Jeff Bezos is out there. Mm -hmm. Or you have some guy who I think does a pretty good job with charity who's pretty cool. My boss, Warren Buffett. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's 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 all subjective, man. And it's, it, it's when you get money, um, it really amplifies and shows the world who you can be as a per person inside. Do you think, uh, what do you think about all this? What do you mean? Just money in general. Do you do you like the concept? The concept of money? Of having I money? I don't know how you can get away from it at this point. At this point. I, until you have something that can synthesize food, that can synthesize whatever the hell you want, and everybody's on equal ground. Well, that's interesting. I, I don't know that you can get away from it. Well, so let me throw this at you, because one of my buddies threw it at me a half a year ago, and it kind of set me back. Uh, money equating to energy exchange between people I, I thought about it long and hard i thought about what work was because i was kind of in a rut at work and i still am uh, a little bit but then what he said was the the money that you get for your time for your energy expended there is just a return so the amount of energy that you're willing to put into something is typically the amount of money that you'll get back uh, reciprocity wise Money's like a middleman for energy exchange. Do you think that maybe energy just takes over that whole domain somewhere down the road? And that we're... Okay, think about where it came from, where, where money came from. So rewind the tape on uh, like a small village setting. And you've got a skilled blacksmith who has established himself in the village as the only blacksmith in town. Because he can provide something that nobody else can. So you go to the blacksmith and you give him... Uh, shekels. Yeah, shekels. Or even before currency is concerned... Food, clothing. Food, clothing. Yeah, barter system. Right. So that's the old way. Then we slowly erode that, that all away because more people become more skilled at a variety of things. So people set up shop, infrastructure, industrialization, and economy, so on and so forth, capitalism. From there, though, like, what do we do? Do we just remove the entire like last 800 years in order to progress from where we're at now is it almost a leaving behind of the whole yeah okay so where do we go i know it's a hard question to ask where do we where go? do we go where do we go 500 years let's play let's play prophetic a little bit let's let's get into can can we can we even let our minds go to that point we can do it on a micro level with some things like we can talk about movies and, and things like that that are ahead of their time why can't we talk about ideas that are ahead of their time and it, i don't know i mean I, that's you're, such a weird question to ask you're, you're, you're <laughs> like talking, that is so like yeah, i know what you're saying though you're, you're talking about I, a gene I, roddenberry future it, it is a hard question to ask Star because Trek, the question yeah because the question yeah. itself is is hard to contemplate because it's not. It's not something that people people shoot around all the time. The, the, what, what, will, will a human being become someone who is not materialistic? Correct. I, I don't know. That's very difficult. What what, do, what would have to come Devastation. into play? Devastation, just like Gene Roddenberry's future. Gene Roddenberry had the most beautiful idea of future for humanity, mm -hmm. in which life does not revolve. It sounds nerdy. I'm not no, even a Star Trek. It sounds fan. invigorating. What he, he, 
I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future, one of the most beautiful things I've ever conceived, is that it's a future where people are not consumed with consumerism. Their whole life and existence on what's left of planet Earth is about science and discovery and enlightenment. That's what human existence revolves okay. around in the future. The way that is explained in Star Trek, people don't know, it happens after World War fucking III. The world is devastated. And the world says, we're sick of this shit. So it's like that uh, ego reconciling moment on a mass scale? Yeah. Sort of like it's, it's the great everybody. Humbling. Everybody realizes that they were part of... Of the reason why they got why this is the result. Yeah, okay. I mean, you guys ever heard back in the conspiracies? You ever heard of a guy named John Tatour? No, the whole time traveling conspiracy thing. Mark, you never heard of this? A little bit. Yeah. So there was. No, a, tell me, man. Never I, heard I, of I love this? hearing new you conspiracies. Never heard this is a new because I apply I apply the all the logic I know of conspiracies to new ones too. So I can't. I can't even heard this. This is from the early two thousands. There was a guy that got online. This is the most awesome thing i think it's a hoax it has to be but what he did is he got online in this forum and said hey i'm a time traveler people were laughing at him saying you're not a fucking time traveler you're full of shit and so he does oh yeah look here's some pictures he put a picture up of this huge device with a schematic that was incredibly detailed that said general electric the year 2060 something and he said that he went back in time this is this is he was from the year like 2060 something whatever Went back in time to get a computer that he needed to use to debug something in the future, which sounds insane. But the pictures he provided, he provided a photo of his boss putting a laser over his car and the laser was being bent because his time travel device could bend gravity and that's how you can travel through time. Physicists have come out and said, there's some validity to what he's saying. People who work for General Electric saying, there's some validity to what he's saying when it comes to how something would theoretically work. Mm -hmm. And so it was incredible. Now there's a theory, it was this, this, this guy who came up with this was a lawyer whose best friend's a physicist and that's why he came up with this stuff so he was able to do it. But the details in the schematics he released, the details in the pictures of the time travel device, you can look it up right now, was incredible. And so what he said was, the reason I'm going back to this, he says, I'm gonna let you in a little secret. He tells the people who are talking to him online, people don't like you where I come from. People think that your people in your time are horrible and you caused the devastation that I grew up with. So I'm living in a pretty decent future, but my future that I'm living in right now, my present, is life is revolving around cleaning up the mess that you people created. Now we're getting into we don't, some... Yeah, we don't think lightly of people in your time, he says. So it's... So you know why there's validity to that? Because I take a look at... Uh, the micro level of that and what we experience in the real world today and I look at how generations speak to one another and yeah. I look at how okay, I, how millennials speak to yeah the there baby boomer generation there, there is an issue yeah there funny there is a there is a psychological a deep penetrating psychological just you can't wrap your head around it you hear it all the time though every generation says the last one Sucks. Sucked. They're ruining Sucked. everything. So, so what if what if one generation is just willing to bite the bullet and say, okay, we do suck. Now let's figure out how not to suck, and just put something forth that people cannot say sucks. There, the people who do that, there's a handful of them. Okay, uh, and they're uh, gonna train. They're, they'll go through different generations. It won't be just one generation. I think you had an F. I, I would argue that FDR was somebody who said, "Man, we fucked up. Let's mm -hmm. fix this." Bernie Sanders is somebody who's an old guy who said, "Man, we fucked up. Let's fix this." 
Um, but you, but why wasn't he doing it when he was thirty? Maybe well, you could argue he was. I mean, he was getting yeah, shit in black and white was. pictures. He was getting the shit beat out of him by sure. police protesting. Sure. You know. So I'm saying you, you may hate him, Morgan. Yeah, we have no idea what we'll be like when we're sixty. I mean, maybe some more than some more than others. Yeah, well, some sooner than others. But we <laughs> we have no idea. We right now this this show, for all intents and purposes, isn't making it out to millions of people. But if we are public figures in any respect in our sixties, people could be saying the same things about us. Like, oh, what was this guy saying when he was thirty? And we'll know that we were advocates for it. But time will not be on our side to sort of uh, support that, even though in our 30s we're in the middle of the internet uh, age. So we'll no. have evidence that we no, were like No, that's about to say everything we're lasts still at the very beginning of the internet. Yeah, the internet so. could be uh, very the cord could yeah. be pl- uh, pulled uh. very quickly on that, and we the internet might not make it past the 2040s, 2030s. Well, probably not as we know it anymore. No, no. Five G is going to change everything, man. It is. Episode one. Uh, Episode two. Let me tell you something. Episode one was population control and the Japanese birth rate. It's it's either A or B, man. Either what they're saying is true. Climate change is going to be devastating us, and everything we're doing right now is theater. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. The world's going to end in sixty years. It's all gone. If the world doesn't end in sixty years, and society finds a way to slip that noose, internet's going to be there. The internet will never go away as long as humans exist because that is, I mean, it's 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 our new fire. Man. I mean, it's 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 never going to go away. Right. I, I mean, it's like the yeah, internet. If the if society is around seventy years from now, the internet's going to be virtual reality. Yeah. It's going to be us walking around like Ready Player One. Oh yeah. yeah. That's going to be it. But if, if 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 the internet's not there, it means because society's gone. Yeah, that's what right. I think. Right. I th- I think you. I agree with you one hundred percent. It's not going away. Yeah. Somebody, yes. let me tell you something, Zosh. Somebody in 2070 found our shit and is listening to it right oh, now. Oh, I know. They're yeah, perfect. Right now, right now you know, you're, on you're, the, our your, timeline. Your yes. great grandkids are listening to us talking shit on our timeline right now. Yep. I feel that way about. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way about music. I feel that way about writing. I feel that way about. Yeah, because there's evidence for it to be there. We're sitting here reading stuff from 300 years ago. Uh, and watching yeah. movies from 30 or 40 years ago. So there's right. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. What, Whatever the current means of communication that works the best in this present day and age that sustains uh, and transcends time, it'll yeah. be around. And some people think it's it's audio. Um, I, I think to a certain degree it is. But I also think just conversation and communication and story there's some magic in storytelling that's always persisted and and maintained for thousands of years i'm obsessed with the idea of of archiving i'm Mm. a a pathetic sentimentalist i love digital archiving specifically yeah i mean because it's it's define that again well because i grew up like with my grandparents scrapbooking like I, i love keeping photos scrapbooking old material shit the idea of digital archiving to me is just Fucking awesome. The idea, like, again, 70, 80 years from now, one of my great-grandkids is going to be listening to this conversation. You might be listening to it with them. I might be listening to it with them. I have a lot of, uh, I've gotten, I bought a very expensive 4K camera that I don't get to use long enough. The idea of 80 years from now, them being able to find that and watch me and Maggie, watch their granddad helping give birth mm-hmm. to their mom or dad or to their grandparents. Yeah, it's humbling. It's in, it's amazing because i think to me it's it's a, such a beautiful fuck you to time it's such a beautiful fuck you to yeah you know you know what there is a way to fight against you and this is the way we can do it my great 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 grandkids are going to be able to watch something in high definition 
And what I, what I was thinking of is I would literally give my left hand, and I mean this, not hyperbole. If mm -hmm. I could, I would live the rest of my life with just my right hand. If I could watch in high definition or be in the room with my great grandparents, listen to the conversations that they were having. What were they talking about? At, in, on Hispanic, what were their concerns? At, yeah. at Hispanic dinner table and some of their Irish friends they used to talk about in 1930. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what, what would you, uh, I, I admire that uh, that thought and that conviction to that. Would you, uh, if you could listen in on what they were saying, and you discovered that we haven't come very far since then as you a people, would you be would you be a little disheartened uh, by the folks around you and the world out, out there? And would you would you sort of not resent, but would you would you expect more? This taps back into the purpose of enlightening the world around you and the purpose of being that beacon of information and sort of uh, a different path. And and why I feel so strongly about it, even with strangers, even with the cashier at the grocery store, wanting to have a different than small talk conversation with her because I've I've run the gamut of small talk. I know what I, I know the cap on small talk with strangers, and I'd like for there to be a new baseline almost for for discussions and the way that we speak and, and way, open up to people. What, what you're talking about is the, is again um, eighty years from now. I mean, you're talking about the way I think society is going to be many, many decades from now when people realize small talk is kind of petty. Yeah. You know, um, uh, being friendly is important. Talking about the weather and what I'm having for dinner, it was cool for 15 years, but I'm kind of over it. I, I, I don't want to do it anymore. And I don't want the excuse. <laughs> I don't want the excuse of a whole new group of friends. There's no offense to you guys. I, I, I love you too, and, and you guys have been in my life for five or six years, but uh, before there was there were groups of friends that uh, I, I was trying to have these conversations with that were never primed, never ready for it. So I almost feel like you guys are the right people in my life at the right time for me to have these discussions with, and there was no other option. There was no other way. And uh, yet you still have the, the, the craving, and you still have the... The want of wanting to have deeper conversations, the girl at the fish market. Reduction of latency is why I want that to happen huh. because I want the rest of. Uh, I don't know what this is is saying about me, and it's it's not it's not egotistical what I'm about to say. But if you want to think that it is, that's fine. But I want people to to have these types of conversations that we're having now in 10 to 15 years on a, on an everyday Very basis. Very regular yeah, everyday basis. Sooner, if the latency can be reduced because progress, mentally I've, I've felt the benefits and, and the, the, the clarity in mind. And I know it may not sound like it, but there's a really good balance uh, of, of input-output going on up here to where I can digest information and the internet's probably helped out a lot in this because we're digesting so much on a daily basis yeah uh, a thousand times over from what our ancestors were Absolutely. i mean you can yeah it, it's ridiculous so our processing power much like a computer is improving and improving and improving to the point where you know people talk about quantum computing that's kind of what our minds are doing at this point otherwise yeah. there would not be the potential for quantum computing because computers and and the way the brains work are very parallel in in ascension and and the path that they're going down but 
you still got a lot of folks on 28k boot up dial up modems that have the stupid modem sounds to even connect to the internet uh, yeah. the, for every 5g there's still somebody out there who doesn't even believe in the internet and reads newspapers over everything which props to them but when you equate that on mental processing power it doesn't it doesn't turn out well if you've got a, a group stuck and entrenched in i'm maxed out but let me let let me let everything pass by me and and progress without me it doesn't doesn't bode well for a lot of people say that's just natural selection but I, I don't know. I uh, that's a shitty. Um, I mean, that's it's it's like it's an easy way out. Well, I mean, it's natural selection with what consumerism. It sucks because people can't afford our means of, of technology being able to spread what you're talking that about. That too. I yes. Mean, I mean, shit. It's natural selection for poor people who can't enjoy this shit. We right. Can. It's fucking that's, terrible. Yeah. That's that's the hard part to to digest and be okay with is that I I don't know how we have these conversations with. Uh, third world country people that want to have these sorts of conversations but don't know that they want to have them yet and are just sort of relegated to being here's the here's well it's basic need right it's that they still have that i gotta every day i'm thinking about how am i gonna feed myself how am i gonna keep a yeah how am i gonna keep shelter and all that stuff so this you just haven't been afforded that opportunity yet it's there probably do you know it's also arrogant we're thinking the flip side of what you're saying is that there's people in third world countries uh who are probably that might be having these deep existential smart conversations with their friends and family and there's so many people in our society who are pretty rich compared to them who are not having these conversations at all they're fucking tweeting yeah no they're satisfied with the with luxury excess vanity, talking about lowest common denominator television, you know, it's it's. You're talking about keeping up with the Kardashians. They don't give a shit yeah. about existentialism. So yeah, there's there's probably not to be arrogant. Let's admit it. There's probably people in third world countries that have wonderful conversations, meaningful conversations about life and existentialism. And there's literally millions of people here in the U.S. that don't come close to it. They're going to spend their entire existence talking about the fucking Kardashians. Yeah. You know, so you know, I think I think you're right, uh, for for sure, because yeah, I I gotta think, I gotta think that there's some people out there that are doing the same thing we're doing in their own way and uh, at their own table and probably maybe, with alcohol, maybe knows. without a microphone, maybe plus micro plus alcohol minus uh, uh minus uh, microphone. Yeah, there's some variance, but that plays into the whole multi-dimensional thing. So if that's happening here on this scale, let me go super batshit crazy here real quick. So Thank you for prefacing that once again. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so Morgan, if why if, why are you why are you singling me out? Because you said you don't oh. believe in alternate dimensions no, and no. alternate realities. So if on this planet there are variations of this conversation that we're having happening at the same time then the principle of uh, correspondence, which is another hermetic principle, as above, so below, would tell me that it doesn't stop at the planet and that that variation in conversation existing on different levels of, of the world around us, it migrates all the way up and that there's extraterrestrial life out there that's in their own unique way doing the same thing we're doing here. We just don't know what that is. We can't, we can't, we can't even quantify what what having a conversation and recording it about something important and meaningful is on that level of existence. Okay. 
But <laughs> if you believe that, then you believe in 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 more than just extraterrestrials. Well, I mean, you believe in, in look, a sense of like no two people are going to listen to this and interpret it in the same way. So based on that, I can say there's multi dimensions because they're all going to be interpreting it different ways. Exactly. There, you just proved. But it's just the human mind being the human mind. It's not multi dimensional. <laughs> Well, that depends on where you think humanity came from in the first place. You, the Anunnaki? Slave race? Uh, asteroids smacking into this planet from different parts of the universe. Different asteroids coming through different wormholes, through different uh, pathways. Oh. <laughs> Who introduced you to the Anunnaki, my dear? My friend. Okay. Well, I'm editing this out. <laughs> Good, because it didn't go where you wanted. I yeah, it didn't meander to where we wanted it to, but where that's you okay. wanted it to. But oh, fair I, enough. I'm gonna be looking. I remember hearing about the Anunnaki and all these other stories, and there's also the Elohim. Yeah, uh, in the Bible, talks from the about Book of Enoch. The, yeah, exactly. yeah. The Book of Enoch is big player in ancient aliens. Yes. So decided, which is interesting. It's just polarity at the end of the day. Cool. So, see? There could be somebody observe that as much as I'm not a defender of religion. Mm-hmm. That in itself is interesting because I think that it could be that thing where... Like where, yeah, where man observes something and try to make sense of it and the Bible is one of the places where he put those stories in. Sure. Except Christians interpret it as Boy, you want to talk angels, about... You want to talk about how well, multiple interpretations and stuff like that. That's why I respect the Bible so much is because... I can take a step back and objectively take a look around and look at all of the variety of ways that people have interpreted the same words that I'm reading on that page, and I'm, I'm bewildered as to, how'd you see it that way? I'm fascinated by some folks. There was a, the fundamental yes. thing you and I is you're fascinated, I'm frustrated. Ah, That's okay. the fundamental thing. Because you've seen the results out there as well, to it, what it's, it's resulted to. It's take this information and make it make sense to me and what I want to do, not mm. what it actually means. Inter- That's what I tap more into is what it actually means because there is a what it actually means. Is there? It's a series of stories. If you it's rewind, storytelling. Okay. So if I'm writing a story down... And it's written before Jesus walks the face of the earth. It's written when... It was the majority of it, it, sure. The majority of it was written before man knew where the sun went when it went down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean there's, that's why you look at numbers in Leviticus. And Most science is like that, too. We had like a geocentric what? model of the, of the solar system well before we had an understanding of what the hell the solar system was. Right. It's all the same. It's all bleeding into one in industry. Philosophy, at the end of the day, is the godfather of all of this stuff. But I would say that people like Galileo hundreds of years ago knew and made fun of aspects of the Bible because they looked at Leviticus and Numbers whenever they read stuff in there that said stuff like, if a woman defends a man and they fight and she yeah, touches absolutely. another man's stoner genital, she should be stoned. So there's some primitive shit in there yeah. that other people at the time... Before that, people, the Greeks... We eroded that stuff uh, as... Yeah, we erode at, and chip away at that as time passes because it, it becomes... Thank no, yeah, it, yeah. it, <laughs> it just becomes nonsensical at some point, some, right. some of the specifics. But, but part of the biggest things I problem to have with, with the Bible is that I have my friends uh, who will say things like, Miguel, you got to understand, when that was written for the time, yeah. it made sense. Here's a problem I have with that particular argument. Before the Bible... The Greeks, the philosophers, knew better than to say shit like that. 
Did they? Yeah. I mean, the, the Greeks had their problems. There were the Athenians that were pedophiles. Sure. But you, but you also had Plato, who had a better moral compass than some of the people who wrote Leviticus. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, this I, Republic is a staple and still holds up very well to this day. It is. It is. It but is. Some of the wisdom in the Bible makes sense too uh, if you just apply it there's on a so, very. There's, yeah, there's good stories that tell you if you live a certain way, you know, it's the right way to live. Okay. Yeah, All but right. I, I yeah, can, without it, but, it's without it, uh, it's a foundation for a lot of folks that that don't necessarily have one supplied to them by the world around them out there. There's, it, I don't see it as as being um, in the right hands. I see it as being a very useful tool. But like Miguel said, it's you can't prevent it from getting in the wrong hands. That's the hard part. Uh, that's been clearly evident in in the last. 1500 years and the whole printing of it and uh constantinople and and just the 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 roman control of of the new testament and all that it's yeah, hard really, to argue against against that the new testament i mean you, you could tell the romans had control over because uh what's his constantine name? or yeah emperor constantine was like hey guess we're christian now uh, but guess what's going to happen? Uh, what's Pontius Pilate is going to wash his hands at Jesus is stoning. The guy who had no fucking problem crucifying people left and right for looking at him wrong supposedly washed his hands when it came to crucifying Jesus. So yeah. hell yeah, the Romans had a fucking, you know, their own interest in how they were going to control that narrative. But again, um, again I, I don't hate the Bible. I find the Bible primitive. I also will concede that in the right hands, the Bible could be used to help people um, have a type of structure in their lives yeah. and do good. That's that fair. It. That's fair. But I don't like it when people tell me, like Steve Harvey, that the <laughs> Bible is the foundation for a good moral code. Why? There's, it there's yeah, it doesn't need to be. There are there are other sources for that. There's Buddhists who have never cracked open a Christian Bible who I would leave with my children. There's priests who I would not. So this right. concept of well, the, the Bible, te- you know, that's that's what keeps people being moral. No, like there's again, I I know atheists who I would trust my life with. I know Buddhists, Tibetan Buddhists, Jains. The, I don't know if you heard of the original of Jainism. Um, here, here's the biggest argument I'll have when it comes to religious apologetics. Mm-hmm. I have my friends who are religious apologetics say, no, 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 Miguel. The problem isn't religion. The problem isn't Christianity or Islam. The problem is religious extremists and religious fundamentalists. They're the problems. Here's what I say against that. Mm-hmm. If you look at a religion like Jainism, okay, which is completely antagonistic towards violence, if you are a Jain... Give us the brief rundown on, on Jainism. Jainism. Jainism is a religion that is, it comes out of uh, parts of Asia. It's, it's kind of related to Buddhism and Hinduism. With the Jainism, the entire purpose of it is to be antagonistic towards violence. If you are a Jain, you have to drink water through a cloth so you don't drink a bug. That is literally how antagonistic they are towards violence. You cannot kill a bug if you I are see. a Jane. Okay? okay. So, if you are a fundamentalist or an extremist Jane, the least we have to worry about you because you're not going to hurt a bug. A single thing, yeah. You're not. It wouldn't hurt to fly. That's probably where the literally. Uh, where the idiom so, comes if from. you are an extremist or a fundamentalist Jane, I'm not worried about you. You might hurt yourself because you don't want to consume anything with with uh, that, that that's organic. Uh huh. If you are a fundamentalist Islamist or a fundamentalist Christian, holy shit, we're witnessing what can happen with you. So the problem isn't religious fundamentalism. The problem is the fundamentals of certain religions. 
So this idea of, no, 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 it's, it's, it's the fundamentalist you have to worry about. Why? Because a fundamentalist Jain or a fundamentalist Tibetist Buddhist, if not that they would ever call themselves that, are not going to blow up a fucking abortion clinic. Sure. You know what I mean? So I'm sorry. There, People say, Miguel, that's so arrogant. And I have a lot of people on my side of the political aisle who are liberals say, no, 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 no. Don't say that one religion is more dangerous than the other. Horseshit. That is complete horseshit. Because in the year 2019, I am honest when I say that I am more scared of a religious Islamist or a religious Christian than I am of fucking Buddhists or a Jain. You know what I mean? So again, Christopher Hitchens, one of my heroes, said this beautifully. Historical context is important. And if I go back in time in the year 1939, okay, and you ask me, what is the world's most dangerous religion? I'm probably going to say Catholicism. It might be science at that point. Well, because, because of the A-bomb. Nuclear because of the nuclear bomb. Yeah. But what I'm saying, when it comes to religion, the Catholic Church was in 1949, even before we could argue that before that, with the Crusades and the Inquisition, dangerous mm-hmm. too. But in 1939, the Catholic Church was the most dangerous religion in the world because of its allegiance with fascism, with Mussolini, and with Nazism and stuff. Yeah. So in 2019, well, allegiance or bleed like the bleeding into the the principles sort of contributed to the movement. Absolutely, it did. I mean, Mussolini. But, but but this is okay. So this is not uh this is not apologizing because I'm not an, I don't think I'm an apologist for for Christianity or Catholicism because I don't I don't feel as if I'm. I am there in the present day with, with the structure of those concepts, those those religions. I may practice them without knowing that I do, but that's not. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, basically, how much of that is is the individual ego and, and the sort of ooh, I could do a lot with this, uh, m- with Mussolini, with Hitler, with. Yeah. Uh, with the they're almost like breakaway governments of the bigger the bigger structure and I get it it's uh it's easy to to blame the umbrella component I do it all the time that's how conspiracy theories get started yeah. you blame the highest the highest entity on the scale oh the government's response oh the government they 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 so much of it is ego but so much. yeah but at the end of the day if 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 I'm to give the uh objector to conspiracy theory the right of way and say oh maybe maybe he's right maybe i do take it a little too far with some of my conspiracies then that how does that roll over into the the anti-religion argument because it's to me it's very comparable it's it's like blaming the the messenger it's yeah it's it's blaming the messenger in, in in a way well, it's disingenuous, and it's it's all about control, and it, it's that's what people have turned it into. So the people to the, who you blame are the people who weren't the right people to run with the shit in the first place. That time, unfortunately, just stuck them in this position to be the 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 voice and and the promulgators of information. And they just got it wrong. They're number they're number two or number three in the telephone game, and they're dumb as a sack of rocks. <laughs> that doesn't mean that number one didn't have some importance, and, and and didn't didn't say the right things in number two's ears. It just means number two was a sack of fucking bricks, 
And <laughs> and time to, time has a weird way of reconciling this because I believe that with time we understand the past more. We understand the mistakes of the past more. It it, it works that way on a very micro level with our within our family units. We look at our parents and we're able to discern where they got some things wrong and it yeah. bleeds into our fabric and we tend to not make the same mistakes that our uh, parents make. I'd almost disagree 100% with that. I, I well, find that, that, on, on what that you... no matter how many times you can tell a person this going down this path is a bad choice, almost everyone will go down that almost path to everyone. make that bad choice. Because you only truly learn with the experience. You don't learn with somebody telling but you. But the experience about the is experience. a is a well. But the ex, this is where it gets. When your mom tells you the stove's hot, you don't believe it's hot till you freaking touch well, that's, that's it. That's one hundred percent. That's a simple example. That is a simple example, but that's what I'm trying to. It, but okay. as things get more when complicated, you're, when, you're even more less likely. I don't know when when your dad walks out on you as a kid. It bleeds into the fabric of your experience, and when you have a kid of your own, you know what that made you feel like as a kid, and you know that, wow, how could I ever make my kid feel this way? And that's you just not, don't have a... natural empathy from experience. Yes, about, empathy but. from experience. So to correlate it back to uh, the whole religion discussion is we can empathize through history. We can put ourselves in people's... We can't... We can't reenact what it was like to live in. I've said this before: to live in the '60s and and be be part of slavery and and uh, the civil rights movement. And we, but we can look back and we can empathize and we can we can sort of get a semblance for where we've come from there. If we apply that just sort of same reason to some some higher values and some higher morality in life, then maybe the right minds and the people that can do it with some of the more materialistic uh, everyday stuff can do it with some of the higher stuff too. Yeah. I'm not saying like that we're living in a, in a potential rejuvenation of actual what it means to be spiritual and what it means to to tap into something that is beyond you but at the same time we might we might be living in a time where the opposite and the the polar reaction to a world that's dead and willing to concede to the fact that they are a bunch of waking zombies just waiting for the next dopamine fix on their tv the opposite of that is being furnished as well and accessible and there is a a higher evolution of what it means to be human that's hearkening back to maybe some folks that didn't get it right the first go round tit for tat but a lot of of what happened in between now and then is to blame misinterpretation misapplication ego time for that matter Okay, maybe I'll just stop there because this will go back to conspiracy mode where I'm just like, outside of the 36 years that I've lived on this earth, I have no, I have no barometer for what it, what a thousand years really feels like. I know how quickly 36 have moved. I know how quickly 10 have moved. Yeah. But I don't know how quickly 500 may have moved. Nobody's lived to 500 years old as a human being. So nobody knows how, if that's quick or not. 
we don't know like stepping back from the scale of time if we're moving along a very at a very quick rate but on our level it feels very very slow very sluggish to some degree because we have to live every second every every moment of every day and that that may bleed into you you got on time a little bit earlier tonight and you you sort of uh attacked time and and said uh, I forgot what it was that you said specifically. It was like a, an "fu" back to time, right? Yeah, yeah. What if what if there's some some weird way of negotiating with time and and sort of re- reducing that and experiencing potentiality on a present level to where where the future can sort of be like a teaser trailer to the, the weird weird uh, weird example, but we see movies in trailer form a year or two in advance that movie's already shot it's already set it's already on the reel the director already knows what it looks like right the the production yeah. team the crew knows the ins and outs of the movie they just can't talk about it they can't disclose it to the public because they have to ease the public into wanting to see the movie in full so why can't we apply that's that same interesting look at how entertainment is rolled out to to just time in general. That's what I was talking about earlier, though. Is that is that basically um, we have to think about what society is going to say about us in 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, really, just thinking rationally what we know now about ourselves, what we know now about society, and what we think is going to happen. We have to do that. We have to... We want to call it a trailer about the future. Yeah. I mean, what I, what I see is... We have to be a, a noble representation of what we would want our grandkids to look back at and say, man, I'm proud of what my grandfather was doing. Most people don't do that, though. There's, there's a lot of people that do. There's a lot of people who say, the reason I'm a cop, the reason I'm a volunteer, the reason I'm fighting for this political reason, I'm going volunteer for this politician, I'm doing this or that, is because I want my kids to be proud of me. You hear people say every once in a while shit like that. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. Most people's lives revolve around, you know, ex- either ex- satisfying an impulse or trying to survive. You know, most people's existence right now in the year 2019, especially in the U.S., is either living paycheck to paycheck, worried about what am I going to do for my next meal, or um, I have living a convenient life. Yeah, I have a convenient life, and it's going to be about satisfying impulses. That's sort of the dynamic of existence in 2019 for yeah. most U.S. people, which sucks. But... The good news is, as cynical as I am towards most people in our society, you have those people who are just like, no, I, I, I'm doing okay financially. Maybe I'm struggling a little bit, but I want to spend a great deal of my time doing something that my grandkids are going to look back and be like, holy shit, what grandpa did was really amazing. I'm so proud of him for doing that. Yeah, You have those people who are doing that, but they're in the country of 370 million, they're far in between. Yeah. You know. Um, and again, it's all subjective too. Who the, who the, who, who's to say what's good? Right now, uh, I, I, I think it is a good, healthy thing that I criticize religion. 70, 80 years from now, I might be looked at as a piece of shit or I may be looked at as incredibly innovative. Well, I'm glad grandpa could see things the way we're seeing things now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe people are like, God, he's an intolerant piece of shit. I don't know. I, I have no idea. You know, in the movie, uh, I, I didn't like it. I think you did. What was it? The second Prometheus? What was that one? Covenant. 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 Barely, Billy Crudup's character yeah. was a weird minority. He was picked on. 
because he was a man of God. Yeah. And yeah. so he said, that's why I'm not getting a promotion because just because I'm a man of God. So that's a future 67 years from now where theism is a weird minority. It, it, it I, certainly I, feels like it, we're headed that way. That way. Yeah. We may be. Because that's, that's fascinating. Well, that would be, again, I hate to keep mentioning polarity, but that would be the equivalent to what we've experienced in the, the last 1500 to 2,000 years. 2,000 years is, theist, is a type of yeah, theism. Yeah, it's a very strong, monotheistically driven society uh, that basically got its day in the sun, so to speak. And a <laughs> good, good 2,000 years at least. Yeah. yeah. But again, the scale of time, immeasurable to, to us as human beings. Be, we, we have to endure through it second by second, but 2,000 years is a blip on the radar. Right. Uh, so I, 2,000 years is, is a day on the universal scale, uh, even less. So if, if, if the universe needs planet Earth to experience 2,000 years of whatever one way was so that it can learn everything it needed to learn from it to make the next day a deviation of that with learned knowledge and with refinement and with maybe even, in this particular case, the exact opposite being given its day in the sun just to see how it turns out yeah. so that we have both balance of the seesaws uh, or we have both ends of the seesaw throughout two days, a.k.a. 4,000 years, yeah. uh, so that the next wave can... Be. actually apply the good from both so example what is that what does that say though i mean it's just like it says we we have we're, we're an expansive species as hu human beings but, that are constantly trying to to do something that we've never done before but nothing isn't it inter interest maybe it's arrogance but isn't it interesting though that gene rottenberry uh, the, the writers of Prometheus, all these science fiction writers that see us with such a highly technologically advanced future, Billy Crudup's a minority. Isn't that sort of an interesting commonality? Is in the future where man is maybe maybe subjective? I mean, biased. That these are these are sci-fi driven. These are sci-fi writers who arguably made a livelihood out of their their creative minds, and they sort of had to sustain that too. So they had to keep they they had to. They had to buy into to what got them there in the first place, and I'm not what saying there's, there's no integrity. I was there. about to say, well, what do you think? What the validity is to that? Or basically, well, it's because I, you know, because of extremism, right? Because the, so much of it isn't. A lot of people, a lot of Christians that I know, don't just necessarily go to church and keep to themselves. A lot of them try to constantly talk to you about it. In fact, yeah. the worst are the people who find religion for the first time in their lives, and they're just almost. <laughs> So freaking annoying to don't be bring around. Don't Kanye. Please don't. Oh, well, I wasn't going to well, no, go to there. Well, no, to Kanye's credit, I don't actually believe him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to his credit. I no, that, this isn't the Kanye episode. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just, I, you've got to, in order to grow, you're going to have to get past all have that. Have you ever wanted to share something with someone that you were passionate about? I get why they're doing. Yeah, it. I well, mean, they're just if you're passionate about discovering. Here's something. what I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna sh send ships across the sea with troops to go kill everyone and say you're gonna be Catholic. Nobody. There's doing a that reason. Yet. Almost every <laughs> Latino and Hispanic in the northern in, in our hemisphere Back. is Catholic. Yeah. There is a reason for that. Sure. And until you get rid of that, until that goes completely 100 percent away, you're it's not gonna change.
It's, it's a, I, I would like, that's one of my dreams, to my Thanos snap. <laughs> Would be for every mentality. Uh, well, yeah, for every uh, people, everyone, especially Hispanics, to realize you know you're Catholic because of the fucking Inquisition. So right? what if I? Yes. So, I, so my, what if I? My put wife's it, best friend. One at a time, point in time, she would always brag. I'm from Panama. I speak perfect Spanish. I'm from Panama. Talking about Mexican people, right? And so finally, one day, I got tired of hearing about it. And I'm like, do you know why you speak perfect Spanish? Because your people got their ass kicked. And you didn't have any culture, so all you had the choice to do was to speak perfect Spanish from Spain and be a Catholic. So you should probably give the Mexicans some some credit here. They had a culture. The culture withstood that. It you know, so the language is slightly different. They probably are a little bit better off than you, uh, being from Panama. <laughs> But I know it's yeah. something cruel to say, but let's be honest. Let's not well, just start. Well, that's how it works across the board. I'm from yeah. Quebec, so yeah, it's a, it's very comparable there as well. And yeah, the for, native people in Quebec weren't speaking French. No. No. 2,000 years ago. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but what I mean is, yeah, I mean, there's, but again, this is going back to the, the Christmas thing. Because, mm. oh, I'm interested in seeing that. <laughs> no, because it's what's survival. I mean, the, yes. the, the, the way we celebrate Christmas right now is what's left is of the original. The eventuality of paganism surviving the Catholic overtaking. Yeah. The fucking Christmas tree, Yule log. Yeah. All that shit is paganism. And with Mexicans, the way we celebrate Dia de los Muertos, that has Aztec and Mayan and, and, and uh, Amerindian. Oh, absolutely. Origins, mm-hmm. and yet the Catholic Church was like, "Oh shit, they're not going to let go of this stuff. Yeah. How the fuck do we implement? Ah, here's what we'll do: we'll let them do this." And so, all the things that today people are saying, "Well, that is a Catholic Mexican tradition. It's not just Catholic; it's Mexican Catholic." What they really mean is, without understanding, that is some Amerindian stuff that was going on. That is ancestral stuff from thousands of years ago that survived the Inquisition, that survived the Catholic overtaking. So, yeah, I mean, and so that, that's today, that's what's so ironic about today's people bitching. The same people that are bitching about the color of the Starbucks cups, or like Bill O'Reilly, who was at the forefront of the war on Christians. Oh, why don't I see any Christmas trees at, uh, at Target like I used to? Why don't I see mm-hmm. any Christmas trees there? Motherfucker, you're not talking about the, the nativity scenes. You're literally talking about Christmas trees. You're talking about the most pagan thing, arguably, yes. about the Christmas yes. season. And you're bitching about that, but these really self-congratulatory, smug Catholics are always bitching about, you know, Christmas tree. Why don't I see more Christian trees? These damn pagan kids, like you moron. Like, do you realize what you're doing and what you're mad about? Like, you're the most pagan thing you've got in your fucking house. Yeah, education with that sort of stuff plays a big role. Um, I was, man, I was getting a lot of beams from you as yeah. you were going through it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna take it there. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna beam uh, this right back. So the way that you described all that sounds like a melting pot of cultures, just not not understanding one another and basically wanting to think that their way it's their way or the highway. Well, it's it's, it's ignorance uh, of their own culture. It's I know this is here, but how can I get them to come to my way of thinking? Well, let me just change a few things. Um, let's celebrate Jesus' birthday on the same day that you used yeah, to do sure. that with your culture. And you just blend it in. It ends up getting blended, but it's still about 
controlling and getting you to be religious and getting you to be Catholic. Yeah, we'll let States. you have your old traditions if you believe in Jesus. They yes. did it to the Irish, too. Yeah. I mean, the, the Irish and the people who have Gaelic descent and Celtic descent. Even were, the terminology, the, the Yule Law. The Yule uh, uh, Scandinavian. The Scandin- yeah. yeah. So but, it's like people of Gaelic and Celtic descent, their old traditions for thousands of years survived to an extent, too. Because yeah, the yes. Catholic Church was like, fuck, how are we going to let him? They're it's not going to let go of this. Yeah. But at the same time... Um, how how do how do you how do you blame an uh, I'll, I'll I'll call it an upstart? How do you blame an upstart a Kickstarter a Kickstarter company uh, from if if there's nothing new under the sun? How do you blame them from doing what they did? When it yeah, comes to borrowing borrowing and none. Well, what if conversions? But not it wasn't. Im- it implicit. didn't stop there, though, right? It started with, um, what if hey, Galileo, not an in- how dare you say what this? If, what if our view of it, looking looking back and hearkening back to how it all panned out historically, what if that wasn't the intention from the onset, was to sort of, what if it was just to create our own Kickstart, uh, to, to create so our most, own... This is that mo- most people on Kickstarter didn't culture. create... Well, most people on Kickstarter well, didn't do genocide. And That's the fucking difference. Well, I, you <laughs> can also argue that it held us back. But, it prevented conversations from like this occurring well, for 1,800, 1,900, 2,000 years. But it also is the only reason this conversation is occurring because I feel like negative. The, well, I feel like the folks who came over on the Mayflower and and pioneered the entire. Uh, landscape of this country were pretty heavily influenced by what they saw from the Catholic Church and and the way that it had its reign in Europe. We're talking about converting and controlling and eradicating old ways of living and old ways of existing and ritual and thought and all that. The only difference in the way that this country was founded and what it's turned into in the last 400 500 years the only difference is that we can basically excuse it all by giving people some repar- in forms of reparations and and throw them bones here and there for all the wrongdoings that were committed here on this land pretty much that's pretty much it I think that's a little too close to being in a, in a in, and it's so hard because I'm, 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 my politically incorrect answer is yes, the society that we owe ourselves that we're enjoying right now, the good and bad, is, is the eventuality of, of that. colonialism. It's people coming over from Europe. But at the same time, you could easily argue, what if the U.S. We call the U.S. Well, and I don't. But know where that, are we without? Well, what I'm saying is, where are we without we don't the Catholic? Uh, we don't, dominance, we, right? We don't know. What What if secular society was able to expand more in this part of the world than the than the Catholic influence? Let, let's say that the people who came over were more Galileos. They were they're more like that than the fucking than the Columbuses. The Columbuses. Mm-hmm. Well, we might be 80 years ahead of where we are maybe. in our society. Right. There was a Family Guy episode. Did you see that one? 
where he's they're like walking around in the year 2010. I was like, oh my god, it looks like Star Trek. What happened? Well, this yeah, is a sure. future. If if uh, alternate reality. See, this is why alternate realities yeah. are so fun to, to he's discuss. He's just like, why the That's hell does everything great look entertainment? Like, yeah, he's like, why the hell does everything look like Star Trek? Well, this is what the U.S. looks like if uh, Christianity never played a heavy hand. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you've seen a lot of Fringe, right? We talked about it very briefly, but there's a, a the parallel universe there. 9/11 never happened in the first place. The the mentality of folks, the way they speak to each other, the emotion. Uh, it, it's, it's completely different yeah and so it's almost not fair that we don't get to experience that but th- but that's why I think time affords us the ability to because it it, it allows us to look at a, at a through a historical lens and say man these guys shit the bed on a lot of this stuff let's not shit the bed hindsight's 20 fucking 20 it just so happens in 20 days, it's 2020, so we, we yeah, literally 20 days. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what I'm saying is we, we have an opportunity to, like, who's to say right now that that Miguel can't be the, the sort of cultural representation for, for moving his people in the right direction moving forward. I am a member of the Secular Latino Alliance. We are a sad, small minority. <laughs> let me tell you something. Because, let me tell you something, there's 100 million Mexicans in Mexico. There's 20 million Chicanos. It's an American Mexican descent in the U.S. 20 million, okay? It's a shitload of us. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand, about 70% of us are still Catholic. Um, mm-hmm. The number, from what I read recently, is going down. There's a lot more that are being, they're being, becoming more secular. Which is a good thing. I'm very, very, very happy to hear that. It's not going to happen anytime soon. It's not. It, I mean, I think that 60, 70 years from now, it's it's going to be a much, much, much larger number of those who are secular. But it's it's not happening overnight. Because you have these people that grew up, and that's all they knew. You know, that's all they it's, knew it's is hard the Catholic to Church. Yeah. Well, and, there's, and people are still trying to drag in. Uh, proselytizing you know. yeah. is what it essentially is I don't know I don't know what it is but some of us are able to break away from that I think I told you the story about how I became secular it was I, I, I basically happened in three phases the first phase was I was a little kid nine in church and I listened to a sermon that Father Robert gave in Big Spring about hell and uh, everyone in the audience around me was like shaking acting all scared and I, I looked around at a nine year old and I was just like this reminds me of the Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. this I, I, what rushed into my head was a guy behind the curtain fucking with everyone. And then I felt bad afterward. I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to hell. Because I'm, I'm God's going to hate me now. I can't believe I'm having these horrible thoughts that the church is bullshit. Yep. So I, I prayed and I was like, oh my God, I'm really sorry, God. Like, I didn't I didn't mean to like be a dick. Don't take it out on me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was, I, I felt bad. And then I was like, uh, years later, I was having this existential crisis when I was like 12. And I was like, I'm going to read the Bible. When you were 12, eh? Yeah. No, really. I really was. Wow. Swear to God, I was 12 years old because of my Catholic family making me feel like shit. And I didn't want to go to church. And I thought it was bullshit. I felt bad. I was like, okay, I got it. I'm going to read the Bible. When I read the Bible, I'm going to get it. I'm going to understand what they're saying. You you read front to back? I read the entire Old Testament in one summer. Uh, Okay. I'll never forget this summer. I read it. And my friends like, what the hell is he doing? Why is this Mexican carrying around a freaking Bible? Have you like become Pat Robertson on it? They were freaked out. But I read it. And by the time I was done, I was like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> this is absolutely fucking insane. I remember by the end of At 12? At 12. I read, I'll never forget that summer. For me, it was very early as well. I was 12. And I, I read the Old Testament. I was like, this is insane. This is absolutely insane. And I, I rushed to the person that I love and respect the most. I went to my mom like, Mom, 
listen, I just read the Old Testament. She's like, holy crap, really? I was like, yeah, I, I, I read it. And she was like, well, what do you think? I'm like, this is insane. I was like, this, Ma, this is written by primitive men. Look at this part where it talks about stoning your wife, selling your daughter into slavery. And my mom was like, listen, it was written for the time. It can't meant to be taken it was literally. written for primitive men. It was written for primitive men by primitive men. You can't take it seriously. We're just supposed to take the good things and let it inspire us in healthy ways. I was like, mom, this is nuts. But I wasn't yet an atheist. When I was like 13 going on 14, I read about the Holocaust. That did it. That fucking did it. I was like, oh my God. These are God's chosen people. If this is what happens to them, what the fuck? What, what, what hope do the rest of us have? I'm like, this is insane. The story that made me cry in particular was I read the story about the Orvitz family. This family of dwarves that were experimented on. I read that and I cried like a fucking eight-year-old, dude. Like a baby. I cried like a grandmother when I read that story. Wow. Yeah, Dr. Mengele fucking experimented on these family oh, of dwarves. Okay, and yeah. I was like, oh, I'm done. This is fucked. And I remember being kind of lonely. And I was like, oh, my God, there's no atheists in West Texas. I'm the only one. I am completely alone. And then the great thing that came out years later in about 2004 to 2008 were the new atheists. They came out. Christopher Hitchens. Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, they all came out. And I was like, ah, I'm not fucked up. There's, there really is others out there like me. Because online... Oh, you, you willed them into existence. No, hopefully. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm telling you, the force was strong with this one. And so, yeah, I mean... So they, how do you know about them as well? Uh, because they come on my radar via Jordan Peterson, who is a Canadian doctor slash uh, professor. Man, is he polarizing He is polarizing, shit. and that's what I love about him, is the fact that you can hate him from one 10-minute block of dialogue, and then the next 10 minutes, you're like... He's very sensible yeah, at times. Yeah, makes sense. And there are times he's a lot saying, of sense. He just shouldn't go up against Sam, Paris, Sam Harrison in a debate, because I mean, it's like an ass-whooping. It's really embarrassing. Well, that's that's a subjective really interpretation. Subjective, but I watched the last one and I was like, man, that was really <laughs> bad, man. Yeah. The key, does this mean you got to go? No, no, kind of. I'm just getting right, shit ready. Fair but, enough. But, uh, that's but, yeah. all right. You, he, I'm wait. surprised Morgan doesn't know about it. You have a lock on your, your keychain? Yeah. What's uh, the master, the mini master lock for? That used to be for my uh, old gym locker at uh, Planet Fitness. <laughs> you just keep it there to, as a reminder? I accidentally. Two oh, you can't unlock it. Uh, oh, you shit. You lost the key. Uh, you can maybe, never get rid of it. Maybe. I, I've left it there since Planet Fitness three years ago, and I forgot about it. Huh. It's just a big fucking heavy keychain. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, they come on my radar because I can objectively take a step back and listen to an atheist give me everything that they want to say, and I can find merit where merit is to be had. And I have no problem with with other people's theism. You, if if that works for you, power to you. Yeah, That's if that cool. keeps you off drugs, if that, if that you does, straight, it yeah. brings structure to your life. Man, yeah, knock yourself no out. My my problem is the type of arrogant theism. And I, I'm mentioning him again. People are like, oh, he's obsessed with hating this guy, uh, Steve Harvey. When Steve Harvey, when when he's on Tyra Banks' show, and he's talking about the the type of man that a woman should date, and he's like. Well, atheists are idiot. You can't get any kind of uh, uh, moral. He's like, if you if you're an atheist, where is your moral compass? I'm like, motherfucker, who told you that? Your fourth mistress or your fourth wife? <laughs> like, where the fuck do you get not, off? See, right, not the right, 
messenger for the message. Exactly. If if Mr. Rogers to me is the perfect messenger for theism. <laughs> he's the guy that would convince me I should be a theist. Because he's he's he wasn't full of shit. Everything I read about Mr. Rogers over twenty years, he was a he was the embodiment of compassionate and benevolent and talked about the importance of, 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 of empathy. Did you guys see the movie? No. Not yet. Jesus Christ, watch I, it. I listened to the non no, I listened to the full spoiler review. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out to the Mad Mags podcast. There we go. Yeah. A little cross branding there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean in real life, I mean every document I've ever seen he he was the embodiment of a genuinely benevolent figure who was heavily inspired by his theism. That that to me works, mm-hmm. right? That if if you are Mister Rogers, you are what's good with theism, okay. But if you're somebody like 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 yeah, Steve, he's just one of millions. You know, there's a lot of moments when I'm listening back to our conversations, Morgan, and even some of the ones that we've had Miguel on the movie podcasts, uh, where. Uh, I listen back and I'm like, I wish I would have said this there. I don't want to squander that opportunity right Please. here, right now. Uh, I I fully believe that there is a meshing of of all of this because I believe in the absolute truth. I believe in an absolute truth. I sure. I don't necessarily think that I am privy to it in my current state. I don't think anybody is. Uh, I think we're always. I, I talked about the singularity concept and and the uh, omega point, uh, which is the theory that eventually the through the mere expansion of the entire universe, if the universe is like a closed fist at the start and and one just giant blob and it expands, that eventually it can contract back into that same fist that it it started off at. Mentally, what that means to me is that. We got to get all the shit out, all the cards out on the table in order to evaluate all the potentialities of what the absolute truth can be. But we're on a string to knowing and and growing closer to that. And I just want to be as close to it at all times as I possibly can be because I want to have a sense of of the most good that I can do at every waking moment. And I, I, that's weird, right? Because I do feel that you have to be in, you can't be in tune with, with the misunderstandings and, and the misinterpretations and be aligned with the truth at the same time. You just—it's like a—it's just a conundrum. Um, I mean, I, I get that. I, I'm I'm all for free thought and and people being being who they want to be and having the right to believe in in the variety of thoughts that they have. But at the end of the day, if I flash forward in time five thousand years, odds are a lot of the shit that we think of now will be laughed at. Absolutely. Right? Oh yeah. Because along the timeline. But but that's where my personal beliefs come into play here. Along the timeline, I do believe that we're we're going closer, closer, and closer to whatever it was that was here at the beginning. Whether that's absolute nothing, whether that's God, whether that's uh, the big crunch to the big bang, whatever it is, it, it's still all moving back to that origin point, the omega point. So 
I, I I try to divvy myself up like to to allow for all of the possibilities to bleed into the fabric of, of my being and my existence, but I can't ignore what what naturally occurs. Like I could stick myself in a, in a sensory deprivation as far as information is concerned, as far as influence is concerned, and I could just let my conscious drive me in a direction and I can study where I'm going towards and it it leans towards a certain direction that even if I try to to ignore it or I try to to rebel against it a little bit I end up back there because something says go back here and the easy out for that is saying well that's the way you were you were raised that's the way that uh, the environment is produced but but I'm willing to say I'm willing to say no. I, I again, who who am I to say that that I'm not privy to external influence and that I can sort of turn the the blind the blinders on to that, and 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 sort of let let my my natural flow of existence be my source for for what I believe in. I I believe in absolute truth. I mean, it makes me I feel nauseated whenever the people say shit like. Um, well, the truth is subjective. That, I don't no, think so. Not, yeah, no. I, I mean, it is. It's it's from a point of view. <laughs> truth is from a point of view. But there is but but there is an objective truth. Two plus two is four. I mean I mean it's when we're talking mathematics, okay. But but that bleeds into all fabric of reality. It it, it has to. That's because because this this weird web that we've weaved as as human beings all has a, a, a starting point. All of it. If you rewind the tapes, uh, it just it, it does. If if you're allowed to if you're allowed to take a a time lapse look at existence, if if it ever becomes afforded, maybe this is what death allows us to do. That'd it be it awesome. just answers a whole bunch of questions for you. All the questions you ever had in, in your own subjective interpretation of of what you just lived through. All of like you get your own version of what heaven is. Well, that'd be great. What, how could you how could you argue how could you not want that whatever your heaven is you get it so what if your what if my heaven happens to be uh, an understanding of everything that we ever came from and when i pass i get the opportunity to to see that at at one starting rewinding the wheels of time i get a birds eye view into how it all started Removed from that subjective interpretation of, of, of what death is like, I, I it, it's there. Like, there is a starting point. There is, unless we're all robots, and, and this is a simulation. Well, my, my question is, where, where, what do you mean by the truth is, is uh, subjective or it's a matter of opinion? Because it's like... I mean, if you're talking about opinion, I see what you're saying. But the I don't idea... think the truth allows for opinion to exist. So I, I don't. I think the truth is is the opposite of opinion. Yeah, it is. It is. So that's what I'm trying to figure out when you, when you mean when you say that the truth is subjective. Like it, it comes from a point of view. Um, truth is controlled by those who win wars, right? That's uh, that's written okay. history, though. Right, but that's. I mean, but what, it, what the same thing by? applies, right? What else can you go by? I mean. That's that's when I that's when the weird radical idea of shutting yourself off to everything around you except for what really is 
comes into play. When I go to work, I'm it's stoicism at the end of the day. It's it's yeah. it's being a stoic to the world around you and saying I'm 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 on the right path on my own. I I I can I can reconcile past failures with past successes and. I can apply my life experience as the model for where I want my life to go. I don't need yeah. the world to tell me that um, six-figure salary and uh, four cars in the garage is is my 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 goal. I can almost let the unknown be the be the the pusher of where my life takes me. Because there's some there's some weird there's some weird intrigue and and fascination with yeah. with hands off uh not having control at all times that uh, i don't know maybe that's a different discussion but uh the truth just much to the compliment of history um the truth just happens It, it just has its way of 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 existing but there was a truth to all, all of these opinions that we have at some point. So why wouldn't we strive to to tap into what that absolute truth is more than flexing our opinions on things? Well, I, I think what you're talking about sounds like the manipulation of truth or the... the it, well, I mean, when two people can see the same event and come away with two different views of the truth, that tells me there's not one truth well the truth right? is the commonality between those two stories perhaps it but then it's is. incomplete then the truth is always incomplete no the truth is always waiting there waiting for you to figure it out we go back in time we watch lincoln get shot we, in the fucking head we're basically the tools to get to the truth is what i'm saying our through opinion we get to truth but you have to have an objective approach to opinion to get to objective truth. That's just my opinion. I mean, like, like let's like, 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 for example, let's say I mean you go back in time, but we watch Lincoln get shot in the head. Okay, what, what? Um, to tr- now, there might be an opinion that Lincoln deserved it. If I'm a Confederate, you know, a sympathizer, uh, there might be uh, an opinion that no, nah, he was a poor, tragic victim, and but what, it never changes the fact that he got shot. Never changes. She got shot in the fucking. You can head. both agree on the fact that he got shot in the head. Exactly. So we might have our different opinions about what the situation was based on expansive thought and based on just the way that bias. our brains work and bias and all the things that we've been indoctrinated to that we can't. But ignore. the absolute truth. Was the core truth is he head. got shot in the head. Well, yeah. death is a truth. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. But but the <laughs> death is a truth. Mathematics and death. Let's write a book math called and Mathematics and Math and Death. Death of Death. <laughs> the death of Math. <laughs> death the of Math of Death. One of the two. No. Duality. Duality. So so but if death, death is math a truth, and math then... And death, yeah. yeah. Okay. And see this... <laughs> there's always... This is why we can go till there, 5 in the morning on, on so all what, this what stuff. Is it oh, it's 4 in the morning. Are you serious? No. Oh, God. What time is it for real? It's late. Shit, yeah, I'm about to have to bounce. That's but, cool. but yeah, I mean, so you do concede, Morgan, that there is. Yeah, there, there, there would be. There, for sure. There, like, there are definitely some things that. It's just uh, not argumentative. It's just not. Argu- exactly. In order for all of these although, opinions to exist, they have to stem from something. Although you've got some people that will tell you that because he didn't see it and he wasn't there, it didn't really happen. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. So but is then, there a truth? But then I'll tell you that uh, part of me. 
part of me feels as if it did see it. And if we're going back on the epigenetic discussion and the genealogical discussion, it's hard to argue against DNA. So if we all share some of the same DNA, then there is a part, if we all share some of the same DNA, then there's part of us that is waiting to realize that we all share the same story and that we can all, if we hone it, but, oh man, this is where it goes all over the place because throughout this conversation and through this melting pot discussion of cultures, I was thinking in my mind and bouncing around like, what if... What if life on this planet, as far as human uh, beings are concerned, what if we all came from different asteroids on uh, on different parts of the universe? It's, it's crazy. And that's why we, we argue so much here as a species. And that's why war exists, is because on a higher scale, it exists out there too. And I came from one planet, or life came from Earth here, and, and, and I'm the invader from an asteroid that crash-landed and... I've got code inside of me that's hell-bent on getting you to see it from my planet's well, there, point of there's view. There's Scientologists probably listening to that getting turned on, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I look on a, on a, on a micro level, and it's, it's, it's happening. I mean, I it's that, fleshed out in detail here. Cultures try to prevail over other cultures and influence other cultures. Ideologies over other ideologies. If I, if I, I don't think extrapolate is the right word, but if I extract that logic and apply it to a higher level, then... It, it it's makes be sense. happening there. Yeah, or it happened here. And what that means is that this planet was bombarded from multiple directions. And we are a Petri dish of of, of what's out there. Everything I've, I've, I've come to understand about evolution is, is that, I mean, it's not the case. I think that we all have a common ancestor and that the reason we are the way we are right now, we're so horrible and tribal, is because we're, we're still primates. Well, the common yeah. ancestor I mean, is Earth. What if the common yeah. ancestor is is the hybridization of all of this variety on this planet? I mean, you'd if in order for that to be even tangible, knowing everything I know about evolution, you'd have to be talking about that that difference from out there being on the part where we were primordial lose. If it wouldn't have happened any, you know, yeah. after that. Well, isn't that what evolution uh, supposes, anyways? That... But then it's trivial because I mean, it's like I, I don't, I'm not going to blame man's trivial. Um, man's primitive tribal nature on it's because we did we came from different part of the cosmos no we we are one species that are horrible where human beings are horrible and for the most part <laughs> no i mean we are i yeah, think human, cockroaches. human human beings are basically slightly evolved primates that eat shit tweet and every once in a while have <laughs> good conversations like this we still have so much evolving to do. Human beings, for the most part, as horrible as it sounds, are incredibly primitive still. Well, then we just need to do this like nonstop for a couple of Centuries. months. The species oh, it takes needs to forever do this. to convince people or change minds. It's it's not something that happens. No, human beings are quickly. still incredibly, for the most part, primitive and dangerous. Okay, human beings are. are I have a theory. Apes. When they be when they're a group, they're really dumb and panicky. Okay. Learning. Do you want to see how how how? how but when they're a group, they can also beat the crap out of a bunch of seven year olds in bowling and really unite in a common, <laughs> a common go, objective. That shows how right, far we've come. No, when the right group, uh, I guess, is what I'm saying. When the right group is is in place, then I don't know that anything's insurmountable. I think you can. Well, NASA's proof of that, sure. 
I mean, fuck. We NASA's proof that. I <laughs> wish you were here for the NASA conspiracy talk. No, I heard something. Okay. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, outside of that, the horrible things that NASA does and covering up, of course, uh, they can pull off some great shit. I mean, right now, uh, you know, religion is talking about how Donald Trump is going to save us. NASA's out there flying by fucking Pluto. Right. So and sending me- us some CGI rendition of it. From their crack team. God damn it. They, that, that is, that is, they just had to digitize it, but I believe that it happened. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, what I'm saying is that, yeah, of course, when you get the right people on the right project, the human species can pull off amazing things. I do believe we walked on the fucking moon, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lean more into that direction more than, more than ever. I'm like 60, 40. That's Okay. I'm 60-40 in like Dinosaurs? going to work tomorrow. <laughs> but odds are I'm going to go to work. I, 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 what I'm saying is, but you believe that maybe, maybe okay, let's say I, I, I bite that bull. Let's say that it didn't happen when they say it happened. Do you believe that we ever went to the moon, period? Let's say that the 1960s, it was... It was America? Actually, yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah. proof that... Because I, I can see the moon with my bare eye, and it looks close enough to where we could have gotten to. That's that's That's, that's the, the measure of, of proof that <laughs> I need. Your truth. That's yeah. your truth. Well, Boy, it, it goes back to the next-door neighbor uh, analogy. I don't know that she, he, it is there, because I've never knocked on their door and seen their face. You so. don't know with certainty. I just don't know. You don't know with certainty, but chances are someone's living fucking next door unless there's a bunch of ghosts fucking with them. Right, but no one all has gone racing. to Pluto. Uh, uh, all all, all that has ever passed by Pluto is a is a, a piece of, of machinery that we put together. You believe that it exists? I believe the machinery exists. Do I believe that we sent the machinery and that it, it made it all the way past Pluto and that we're not just uh, running with a concept to... Like, wh- what is it even... What's it's just does, $400 million wasted if we actually didn't fly by that motherfucker. What, is it, what does it do? What does it do for humanity? Because it's it's small steps towards being able to get off this rock and explore. I mean, you're oh, you about, mean to go back to where we came from? Because that's we're all we're always trying to get back home. Because we we're always trying to get back home. Always trying to get back into the womb. On a micro level, <laughs> we're always trying to get back home. You go to work. The first thing you think about when getting to work is, man, can't wait to get back home. That's a really sad thing for human existence. If we're already living here, we're like, I want to go home. Fuck, what do we do with this planet? <laughs> 